Well, hello there. Good to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I am your host, Ryan Ruff. It's good to be back with you all today, and as always, I'll be joined by Mr. Joe Kaleo of Kaleo Wealth Management and UBS, and we're going to be unpacking another wealth management topic here on the show today, because that's what we do. And today, we've got a really interesting topic we're going to be diving into. Uh, If you're a business owner out there, do you have key person insurance or maybe a buy-sell agreement in place? Well, if so, when was the last time you updated that plan? You know, if if your solutions are more than a few years old, well, you could be setting yourself up and maybe your company even for a financial disaster of sorts. Nobody wants to see that happen. So today, Joe and I are going to be examining why that is and, of course, what entrepreneurs can be doing about it right now to adequately address that topic. Today's episode entitled, Can Your Company Survive If You Are Unable to Run It? So with that, let's go ahead and bring Joe on and get right into it. Joe, good to see you. How are you doing, sir? Ryan, doing great. Good to see you. I'm excited to dive into today's topic. I've been dealing with this surprisingly more over the last year than I have over my entire career. So very timely topic, Ryan. All right. I love it. Let's get into it, Joe. And, and, you know, it is a big one because you run a successful business. The last thing you want to see is it crumble later as you're on the way out even. So, Joe, let's start high level like we typically do. There are a lot of challenges that can damage or even wreck a business in today's society uh, and, and business landscape. The last few years have certainly taught us that lesson. I. Uh, but today we're going to be focusing on on two steps that business owners can be taking to avoid that major financial hardship. The idea of uh, one is being a, a type of an insurance policy and the other is more of a business continuity agreement. Why don't you set the scene for us on those? Yeah, let's talk about this, Ryan, in terms of unexpected developments can crop up out of nowhere, right, and shake foundations of business. And of course, it takes far less than COVID, for example, to potentially jeopardize the success of a business. But yet, whoever plans for something like a global health crisis? So entrepreneurs should be including key person insurance and buy-sell agreements as part of their overall business plans and risk management strategies. Both can be essential in ensuring your businesses run smoothly if you or a partner or a vitally important employee dies or suffers a disability and can no longer steer the ship. And Joe, in your experiences, are these areas, the key person insurance and then the buy-sell agreement, are they areas that you find business owners just, I don't want to say neglect, that maybe they just don't focus on them enough? I would say neglect could be a good term, Ryan, uh-huh. for some, right? It's interesting because we find that many business owners actually have one or both in place and, and potentially both. But And if you're among them, great, that's well done. But when was the last time you took that paperwork out of the cabinet and reviewed it? When was the last time you asked the question, right? The two most common things are, I haven't, in terms of their answers, and it's been so long I don't even remember. And that could be a problem. One, it could be outdated. Two, it could be insufficient business continuity solutions because your business has changed. You may not have the right protection. You may not have enough protection that you're counting on when you need it most. So it could be putting your entire operation at risk if it's not structured or reviewed regularly. Right, right. And before we get into kind of the the pitfalls of what can happen when that isn't reviewed regularly, let's talk about the the advantages in the first place, Joe. So what what are those benefits that you see from a buy-sell agreement or that key person insurance policy? Let's Yeah, let's start with key person, Ryan, for example, right? There are times due to a death when a key person in a company is lost. 
And that key person life insurance provides funds to a business to address the financial losses that can then occur when a key person no longer is there and revenues are hurt. So revenue losses can be offset and the money can be tapped to help ensure the business remains viable and doesn't fail. So for example, if you have to find a replacement or train someone to take that job of a key person, and it takes time to get that division or that area or that revenue back up to par. So that's important. Additionally, though, key person insurance pretty much guarantees the money required will be available when needed. So you can hold it in a segregated or separate account. That way, it works for a company that has to buy a life insurance policy on its owner and or key personnel. That separate policy is often purchased for each key person. If a key person were to die while the policy is in force, the proceeds from the life insurance would go to the company and to be used to enable the company to keep running and possibly find or train a person to replace that key person. Well, Joe, in your eyes, how would you say business owners are really doing in this area of protection? Like, are they are they setting this up well and, and monitoring it over time? Uh, I'd say it's mixed. So in a study by AES Nation, they found that about 60% of businesses have key person insurance. So in one sense, that's great. But it also means there are 40% that don't have this policy in place. And rarely is everything on just the owner, right? There are often key people in a business. Here's the kicker, though, even more so. Among business owners without key person insurance, more than 70% reported that if something happened to them or another key employee, the business would fail or be significantly handicapped. So I would argue that key person insurance is really important and that not enough companies are using it and should be employing other strategies to make the most of it. Hmm. Good to know, Joe. And, and let's flip gears now and look at that buy-sell agreement. What was What's the appeal? What's the benefits surrounding the buy-sell agreement? Yeah, take a privately held company that has multiple owners, for example, in an illiquid stock. A buy-sell agreement is often a wise planning move. That's because few owners want to be in business with their beneficiaries, say a spouse or children of a partner who's no longer able to carry out his or her, his or her duties. So a buy-sell agreement is an excellent tool for severing ties in this type of situation. This type of legal contract accomplishes several objectives. First, it ensures that when a triggering event takes place, such as the death of an owner, or in some cases they become disabled, that person's equity in the business will be purchased and the proceeds of the sale go to his or her heirs. In the, it also provides a funding source such as life insurance to ensure the liquidity needs of the businesses are met and make sure the financial demands on the remaining business owners won't be onerous. And third, it determines a valuation for a deceased owner's business equity to help calculate estate taxes. Sure, sure. This is, I mean, the, the writing's on the wall for the benefits with a buy-sell agreement. But Joe, is this another one of those areas that you find that a large percentage of business owners don't really have this type of agreement set up? Yes, and they're afraid to talk about it because they only want to talk about growing their business. They don't want to think about the end of their business. But you do have to think about the end in mind way before you get there, right? So the really good news here is, Ryan, that the value of a buy-sell buy sell agreement 
is often widely recognized. So according to the business owners surveyed who had partners in their company, nearly four out of five had some buy-sell agreements in place. That's great news. Here's some of the bad news. 85% of those business owners with buy-sells in place had not reviewed their agreements or their funding mechanisms within the past three years. And that's a problem. Because as you can guess, many business owners reported meaningful changes in the fortunes of their companies in recent years. And that makes their buy-sell agreement and funding plans likely out of date. So I want you to keep that in mind. That could be a big problem. Big time. Uh, Joe, let's get into it now. Uh, what are those dangers? I mean, what's really the bottom line of, of today's episodes of having that out-of-date buy-sell agreement? How big of a deal is this that we're talking about? Great point or great question, Ryan, because here, here's the point I want to make. Outdated buy-sells can create major problems and even trigger lawsuits. Say there's an agreement that was created calling for a million-dollar payout to the heirs of one of their partners. If that business's valuation soars to say 10 million because of the firm's products is a huge hit and revenues have grown, that $1 million agreement may be met with the cries of unfair practices or cheating by the deceased partner's family. Then that's only likely to trigger a lawsuit. Another common problem is the death is usually the only trigger event written into the buy-sell agreement. Few of these agreements address disability. And that oversight could easily hobble businesses and even their owners as many entrepreneurs face in their situation in their lifetime. Ryan, there's one more point, though, I want to make, because we were just talking about what happens if you valued it at $1 million and over time you didn't do anything and it got to 10 One of the things to keep in mind when you're putting some of these policies in place is planning for some growth in the business. Because I've had this numerous times where well, I'll just update it in the future. That's good. And sure enough, owners will then come back. But if you're doing it with life insurance and the business has grown and someone then becomes uninsurable, you need to take some different steps along the way. That could be a whole nother podcast for us to cover. But building in some growth expectations in your arrangement can be very important. It, it reduces the chance of lawsuits and it eases the burden on businesses should that growth occur and you've planned for it. Yeah, I mean, this is a big moment uh, when when that happens and you want the road to be as smooth as it possibly can. So, re I mean, revisiting is a is it's a no brainer, but it's one again that you mentioned, Joe, that 85 percent of folks from that AES Nation survey, they're not revisiting within the last three years. So, Joe, as we're kind of wrapping up our episode today uh for those folks that let's say they either do or don't have a buy sell agreement or that key person insurance in place uh what would be your advice to them on on how they can really go back keep things updated and then continue to be to allow really that plan to be effective moving forward yeah i think there are a couple of things ryan that really do impact what happens here right generally we would say Reviewing the agreement every year or two years won't take long, it's not very onerous, and it easily understands where you are in the business life cycle. Certainly whenever there are any major changes though in your business financial health, either positive or negative, that can be a triggering event to have a review. That review should be conducted in partnership with a wealth manager who understands how to take the time and has the competence 
to put those solutions in place. And they can assess how those changes might impact those two strategies. But you've got to be able to make the recommendations for getting them both current and prepared to safeguard your company for the future. So if you already work with a highly capable and knowledgeable financial planner and professional, great. Keep going and make sure you're doing your regular reviews. If not, or more likely, you wonder if the professionals with whom you're working with truly up to the task, you may want to get a second opinion about business continuity solutions. Well, Joe, speaking of that that second opinion and, and just any general advice from a wealth manager or that team of professionals that you would typically work with around a business owner, if anybody out there in our audience has a question or two and they'd like to pick you and your team's brain about this, what would be the best way they can get in touch with you? Yeah, Ryan, give us a call. Send us an email. We're happy to set up just a conversation at no cost. Put it on the calendar over Zoom or in person. And let's go through what it is that you're dealing with today that you don't feel like you've got a good handle on or would like to have a second opinion. There's no cost to have a conversation. We're happy to help. Fantastic. Well, Joe, I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of clients to serve and conversations just like this to have with them. So we'll let you get back to doing that. And I appreciate you, but uh, looking forward to having you back and, and getting into another topic here soon. Sounds great, Ryan. Have a great day. All right, you too, Joe. And hey, as always, folks, we're going to take a final moment and thank you for stopping by and hanging out with us today. If you did take something away from today's discussion, you benefited from this idea of a buy-sell agreement or key person insurance, go ahead and hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform you checked us out on. That way you never miss out on another episode where we unpack these different wealth management topics so that you and yours can come out better for it on the other side. Before Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long now, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Your Money, A Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated, office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.